Welcome back to Bible Love. We're continuing our track through the Psalms, and uh, we'll share a link here, but um, there's a website, Crosswalk, that has a 30-day praying through the Psalms, and so we're going to do that today. This is day one, Psalm 91. Let us pray. Lord, I find shelter and strength in your word. While the others may stumble around me, you protect me from the snares of this world. You send your mighty angels to keep me from falling into the abyss. Your commandments shine a path for me to follow. What a merciful God you are, walking beside me when I'm discouraged and carrying me when I'm defeated. I praise your holy name. Amen. Amen. Well, I feel like I say this every week, y'all, but you're totally in for a treat. Um, the Reverend Corey Jones, who is um, just one of my dearest friends, um, godmother to his child, is here. Um, Corey is the associate rector at St. Luke's Episcopal Church in Birmingham, um, but has done lots of other things and is just a treasure to the world. And we asked him to come on and talk about the Psalms, but particularly one in general that means a lot to him. And if we have any listeners out there that love Camp McDowell, I think this will um, mean a lot to you. Um, so, Corey, welcome. So glad you're here. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. No, I've been working on you for a while. So <laughs> glad I finally got you. So tell us a little bit about the psalm you chose and a little bit about your history and and why this psalm is important to you. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, you nailed it with talking about Camp McDowell. Uh, The psalm that I chose is Psalm 31. And um, any good Camp McDowell kid knows that that is the go-to psalm during Compline which we say every night during senior camp, uh, every night, every night during summer camp period, um, that's the go-to psalm. And somebody will shake it up every now and then, which is fine because they are all rich and wonderful. Um, but so it's, it's chosen so often that um, it just becomes part of who you are. And one of the thing, one of the reasons why I like it and I was kind of set free of, of the, notion that, um, you know, memorizing things is bad, um, in seminary from one of my professors. And, um, absolutely. When you say your prayers, mean it absolutely be conscious of the prayers that you're saying all the time, great, grand and wonderful, but also there's something wonderful and powerful about, um, having said prayer or Psalm so often that you don't have to read it, that it becomes ingrained and a part of who you are. And, um, that is, that, that is Psalm 31 for me. That is one of them that has just become part of who I am. Um, we say it, like I said, during, during Compline, during summer camp, and, um, I've taken to saying it, you know, if I'm scared or if I'm alone or, um, you know, in those moments, you know, I used to be the summer camp director at, at Camp McDowell. I used to be the executive director at Camp McDowell. You walk around camp when it's dark sometimes and you need a little reminder that God is still walking with you. <laughs> and yeah. so, um, 
Um, so I'll read, I'll read it, but you yes. know, I have it memorized, but if I surely try to say it from memory, I will, um, that always happens. So. Fed up, so. so Psalm 31 from Compline uh, reads like this. It's a, it's a portion of the Psalm, but it's my favorite one. In you, O Lord, have I taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. Incline your ear to me. Make haste to deliver me. Be my strong rock, a castle to keep me safe. For you are my crag and my stronghold. For the sake of your name, lead me and guide me. Take me out of the net that they have secretly set for me. For you are my tower of strength. Into your hands I commend my spirit. For you have redeemed me, O Lord, O God of truth. Yeah. For some reason, the crag and the stronghold, like that makes me think about Camp McDowell. And now um, I've gotten involved at Camp Gravit here in Upper South Carolina. And Alan's sons both go to Camp Gravit and love it so much. And I don't know why, but like that, I just think about those, that crag and that stronghold. Like you are right there, God, you know. Um, And when I think about Psalm 31, those are the two that kind of, pop right out at me. Yeah. What about y'all? What are some other ones that pop out to you? It's on 31. That pops out for me as well. Um, and just the first line of, you know, in you, O Lord, have I taken refuge? It's kind of like, um, that's who I'm going to when things are going well. Um, faith is a lot easier when everything's great. Nothing scary. Also a reminder that I'm, I'm my refuge is, is a choice that I've made. And um, when times are hard, a good reminder that, that that's, that's where you go. Yeah. Um, whether you can see the way or not. Always. Um, yeah. So what I love about that too, is that we are instilling in, children and youth at such a young age, the importance of scripture, but this one particular one that it just becomes part of who they are. Right. And, you know, people love to tell Episcopalians, we don't know the Bible, but that just ain't true, you know? (laughs) Um, And so like, I love that because am I right, Corey, that the kids get to choose if they're leading Compline, they get to choose what Psalm they want. And that's the one that like, they always go to. Yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes our peers, um, with, with plastic turtlenecks that, uh, were with (laughs) us, (laughs) um, want to choose those kind of things. And I think when we're at our best, we remind them that the, the youth can lead those things. And, and that is the one they often go to. And, You know, you go through seasons where you're like, oh, but let's say all of them and let's be familiar with all of them. And of course, that's a great thing. But again, just the, I mean, the meaning that it has for me and that I've said it thousands of times, um, it's really, it's really important and great. You, you have kids. I have kids. And so I think about, um, like books when they're real little that they read. Sure. We want to expose them to different books, but they have those ones they go back to because they bring them comfort because they bring them peace because they know how the story ends. Right. And I think about that with the Psalms with scripture in general is, you know, we, we repeat these things to ourselves because they're comfortable words because, you know, this Psalm 31, you know, it has those words we know, and then it goes into, you know, my enemies are round about me and, all these things are happening 
And then it says, but I trust in you. Right. And we've talked about this before with the Psalms, that it's the breadth of human experience all within the Psalms often is God, you're great. Life sucks, but still I trust in you. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I'd go so far as to say that's very articulate. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) I totally agree. Um, Corey, I would love for you to talk a little bit more. You made a mention of this about your seminary experience about not having to memorize scripture. I hadn't really ever thought about that. Tell us what your, tell us a little bit more about what your professor said. I love that. Cause I think that's what we think we should do. Right. Is right. Memorize. Right. And, um, I think we were talking about, the Lord's prayer and the Nicene creed and these things that we again say all the time. And, um, the point that my professor was making, um, was that yes, know your scripture, but also those prayers, uh, there were two points that she made and she said, you know, she, she had this wonderful way of, you know, presenting something out there and then asking, is it not? And tilting her head and, removing her glasses as she said it, um, which made you think you knew the answer. And then you were like, Oh, I've got to actually think about this. So Lord's prayer, like we know it backwards, forwards, up, down, sideways. Um, and again, yes, mean it when you say it and, and don't just say it from a blank space in your mind, but something like that becomes who you are. And when you concentrated on it that much, and when you've done it that much, um, then who you are begins to come out in the world in your everyday and not just, you know, the times that you set aside to pray or, or say, say those things. Um, and again, with the creeds and, and another thing that she said was like, you know, how many of you have been told, um, don't fall asleep while you're praying? Like that's disrespectful to God or whatever, you know, like, Sure. If I'm talking to you right now and you fall asleep, I might be a little bit offended. (laughs) And then she said, you know, she removed her glasses and said, is it not? Um, And what she came back with was what greater way to fall asleep than uh, in conversation and connection with God. Yeah. And so that um, I love that. I was actually listening. Go ahead. No, I was listening to a podcast. There's a guy, Andrew Huberman. He is a, longevity um, researcher and you like human performance researcher and his, a big thing that he's been on is sleep. Right. And you talk about sleep. And so today he had, I'll link to it today. He had someone who studies sleep, a scientist, and they were talking about ways to, to maximize sleep. And this woman on this podcast said, for those of us who are Christians, sometimes one of the best things we can do is pray because like it gives anxiety over to God, like all the things we talk about, but to hear a scientist talk about like there's actual sleep benefits to this. And so for you to think, don't fall asleep when you pray, you know, maybe actually like giving the last word to God and saying, like, I'm handing this over to you so I can rest. There's something beautiful to that. And also something like totally freeing about that too. Right. Like, I mean, I know we're getting a little bit off on prayer, but the good thing is, is that the Psalms are prayers. And so that's, you know, totally fine. But I think sometimes people feel like they need to get out their crane stationary and write these notes um, uh, to God when really it's just relationship. And what better friend than someone you feel comfortable falling asleep with 
as you're yeah. saying your words of prayer. I love that. Another thing I wanted to ask you about, um, because it's not all Episcopalians that are on this podcast and you mentioned sure. Compline mm-hmm. and even Episcopalians sometimes don't know what that is. And I know that you've had some very intimate and wonderful moments with Compline. I didn't ask you to do this beforehand. So sorry if I'm putting you on the spot, but would you talk a little bit about Compline and what that is and what that means and sort of your experience of it at camp or other places? Sure. And I'll have to use broad strokes. I haven't studied Compline in a while, but you know, um, the offices of the day, the times that we pray are, are time markers. And long ago, that's one of the, the, um, requirements, expectations of the priest was to keep the time. And so, yes, you say your prayers, but you also mark the time of the day, um, in your prayers. And there used to be seven, I think, um, and they have funky names and, um, and now we have something more like morning, noonday, and evening. Compline is meant to be the last, um, the last set of prayers that you say before the day, um, which is why there are lots of images of um, the dark and stay with me through the dark, you know, <laughs> wake me up on the other side of this thing, give your angels charge over those who sleep. Um, keep watch, dear Lord, with those who work or watch or weep. These, this kind of language is, and so it's, it draws from burial service because burial is the time where we go to the big sleep. And so should, should this be the last thing that we do? We, we pray together and we ask God to be uh, with us and all of those things. And so that in the next day we've made it safely through the night. And so there are little subtleties in there like, um, in the Lord's prayer, you don't say that those last few lines, which always catches people off guards, um, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Well, that's kind of like a celebration. And, um, anyone with children knows that you get in trouble if you start celebrating and winding them up right when it's bedtime. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I'm super guilty of it. I get in trouble all the time. Um, so there are these, these indications that, you know, this, this is your, settle down time. This is your like recentering kind of like when we were talking about the last words being with God. Um, so the idea is that you're done with your day and you're getting ready to go to bed. Um, and so we end every day at camp with Compline because we're sending everyone back to bed and hopefully your, you know, (laughs) second grade cabin isn't bouncing off the walls when you get them there and it's time to go to bed. Um, but also just, I love, I love that, um, you know, in, in that community in particular, everyone is welcome to join in. You know, we, we use a common book of prayer, which means everybody's saying the same thing. Um, it's been said for hundreds of years and it's been said across thousands of miles. And so, uh, there's just a beauty in saying our prayers that way and, and closing the day with this really sweet service. Yeah. I'm so glad you talked about that because yes, it's awesome for camp and young people. And I tried to teach my youth group Compline and I think they were kind of like, what the heck, you know, but I'm going to keep working on it with them. But I also think for people in general, I mean, I've done some liturgies recently, like I did the rite of reconciliation with someone and some other liturgies. And I think they just like, don't realize the breadth of what is there in that book of common prayer. And also like, 
sometimes when we're like, I don't know what to pray. Mm-hmm. Here's what's so beautiful is this is right here. Like if you don't, if you're not someone that like just words come to you or whatever, like it's all right there. Um, we keep at my house, we keep a um, book of common prayer on our um, table that Marie and I eat at every night. Um, because, you know, and y'all probably have had this in your household or if you're at a dinner party or something, you're the priest. And so they are like, could you please say the prayer? And I always turn that back around. Um, Bishop Waldo taught me this, of like, no, you're the host. Like this is yours, your time. But, um, I always feel like people look to me a lot and I want Murray to feel that leadership in, in his prayer. Um, and so we just keep the book of common prayer there because there's all these wonderful prayers for grace or for God's creation or whatever it is. So I'm just saying, if you don't have a book of common prayer, you should have one, whether you're an Episcopalian or not, because it just gives so much words when we're, we don't have the words sometimes, or we don't know what to say, or I don't know. How do y'all feel about that? Am I the only one? (laughs) <laughs> no, I think it's a great idea. And I actually, this, this little bitty book, mm. a time to pray. They're getting harder to find, but it's got, um, from the book of common prayer, um, just, just the small, the smaller things, a devotion for individuals and families, service for noonday, evening worship, apostles, creed, Copland, a all little these bit little easier things. to carry around too. Cause that's small. right. Uh-huh. That's right. And, um, and also I, I love that you said that too. And, and the book of common prayer and the prayers that have been carefully crafted by Christians to kind of capture as many of our thoughts and feelings as possible are in the book. And so what I love about it is, uh, if I'm sad, if I'm elated, if I'm mad as I can be, I can come to the same place and pray meaningful um, prayers, not dependent upon where I'm at emotionally at that time. And y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but almost every one of these liturgies and prayers um, have the Psalms in them, have a Psalm in them. A lot of them do just like Compline with Psalm 31 um, I don't think the right of reconciliation does. I did that yesterday, but I'll have to go back and look, but a lot do. And again, one of the reasons we pray the Psalms almost every Sunday, it's the only entire book of the Bible that is in this book of common prayer. Mm-hmm. So it's cool. All right, Corey, there's a special part of Compline. <laughs> I'm not going to make you sing, but okay. I do want you to, I wish you would, but I won't make you. Um, I, there's a special part of Compline that, is very unique to Camp McDowell. And I want you, we just talk about it just a little bit that once you've been going to Camp McDowell for just a few times, you know, when you get to that part of Compline, what you're supposed to do. Talk about sure. that. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, we're talking about the song of Simeon and Nook Demetrius. And, um, I, as I, as I continue on in this wonderful life of, of being a priest, um, I think it's really important that, um, that sign that we hang out front of all of them that says the Episcopal church welcomes you 
does not include the phrase to do what we do like we do it. Um, and, and of course we have liturgies and, and prayers and things. And, and the idea is like, come be a part of it with us, not come get it right or else. <laughs> um, and so, uh, the song of Simeon at camp is very special and maybe it's your first time coming and these people start belting out this song that you don't have a clue how to sing. And so that might be hard at first, but the beauty of, that particular song is um, somehow in that space and and at those times the song begins and then it bursts into all these different harmonies and just people who don't people who can sing and should be on a record or people who can't carry a tune in a bucket all come in together to sing the song and it's like I preached about it one time in seminary for some class and it's, it's almost like the walls move in to get closer to what's happening. Um, which is why that's a, a huge part of why I'm a big building block of, of why I'm a priest today is kind of just those moment, those, um, liminal spaces. Um, that's a big one for me. And how many Um, times have you heard it? Oh, I would bet tens of thousands. I mean, I, I would every time it it gets better. Sometimes I can't sing uh, because mm. I just get caught up, which is probably why I don't want to sing it right now. <laughs> but we'll link um, it. We'll link it um, so that people know this really important scripture and maybe it'll become part of you too. Yeah. And it's the, you know, Simeon was promised to see the Savior before he died. And again, another reference to end of day, end of you know, end of life, maybe, um, inclusion and, in, in that Compline service. Um, the first lines are Lord, you now have set your servant free to go in peace as you have promised. So this waiting for the Messiah to come and this this old man and he finally gets to see it. And it's like a, the last breath of relief. Isn't that, powerful. Isn't that something? Well, Psalm 31, Song of Simony, the prayer book, Compline, we covered it all today, y'all. We got a lot in there. That was awesome. That was really awesome. Um, I'm really grateful for that um, and our time with you, Corey. So thank you. Any yeah. any parting words, anybody, anything that we've got to make sure we have in there? Well, one more thing. In, in Psalm 91, which is right next to Psalm 31, and then the closing line of Psalm 31 in that Compline service um, is picked up again just a few pages later. Um, and there's a line that says, keep us, O Lord, as the apple of your eye and hide us under the shadow of your wings. Um, so I just did a, a teaching on this and I'll make it super fast. But, you know, there's a connection, if you will, from numbers and the, the prayer shawl that a Good yes. Jew will wear and the kanaf being the edge of the prayer shawl, which was also referred to as wings. Um, so when you put one on, it looks as though God, God's wings are there and you make your prayer closet. Um, and the connected to Malachi four, which talks about the Messiah's healing wings. Um, and then the woman touches Jesus in the crowd and notices that power has left him because he's being healed and well she touches his kanaf the edge of his prayer shawl quite possibly the healing 
of the Messiah in the wings. And so just, just fun connections. Yeah. We've been doing that. that a lot later, like connecting Old Testament things with New Testament things. And, and they connect so, so often, right? That's the beauty of yeah. it. I don't think people see that, that, but they really do, you know? So maybe it wasn't, you know, like the bottom of his robe, but rather the kanaf, the, the, mm-hmm. the edge of his garment that he prayed in, no doubt. Um, yeah. and Lucky she woman that she got to touch that. Yeah. Right. Well, Corey, thanks so much for being on the Bible Love Podcast. I love you very much. And listeners, remember, we love you, but most importantly, God does.